The word why, what a curious word. The kind of word that can make us cringe, feel defensive, or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. A key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. Well, many of you who've been following, and thank you, uh, my journeys over the last, especially the last nine or 10 months, know my my growing affinity for the African continent. And I'm just recently now back from Uganda, an incredible experience, and I'm sure we'll get to in this conversation. But we're going to extend the discussion around Africa and really global education with an existing friend, someone that I'm very, very... Uh, passionate about sort of and mirroring their goals and what they're really trying to do. I've had the, the privilege of breaking bread with this individual and now a, I think a new friend as well uh, in South Africa. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Let me introduce Hardeep Gulati. He is the CEO of Power School. As the CEO of Power School, he has helped the company introduce award-winning unified education technology solutions and he continues to make a lasting impact on the future of K-12 education. Roger Sidhole, he is the chairman and education managing director of African-based company One Connect, and he's been with the technology company in various roles for the past 14 years. Now, many of you know about PowerSchool, but there's so much going on. I want to give you a little bit of a background for those that are not here in the U.S. that may want to learn more about PowerSchool, but they're the leading provider of cloud-based software for K-12 education in North America. Their mission is to power the education ecosystem with unified technology that helps educators and students realize their full potential in their way. PowerSchool connects students, teachers, administrators, and parents with a shared goal of improving student outcomes. From the office to the classroom to the home, it helps schools and districts efficiently manage state reporting and related compliance, special, special education, finance, human resources, talent registration, attendance, funding, learning, instruction, creating assessments and analytics in one unified platform. They support over 50 million students globally and more than 15,000 customers, including more than 90 of the top 100 districts by student enrollment in the U.S., and they sell solutions in more than 90 countries. And I know we're going to get Hardeep to more because that's growing even as we speak today. Uh, Rogers and OneConnect. Let's talk about OneConnect. It's a multifaceted tech company headquartered in South Africa with regional offices in Kenya and Mozambique, offering over 15, 14 years, excuse me, of turnkey technology services and solutions to small and medium large businesses throughout Africa. Their hallmark suite of innovative tech solutions and products complemented by the experience and qualifications of their people offer excellence in execution and after-sales service and support on an ongoing basis. Their education division aims to democratize education on the continent by offering solutions for every stage of the education cycle. Well, that's, <laughs> I need to take a drink of my coffee here. You guys both are representing two powerhouse organizations that, you know, when I saw the, the announcement, and we're going to talk about the the Power Partner Program with both of you and what you're aiming to do across the African continent. But I saw the image and I saw the picture in the press release. And Hardeep, I immediately went to knowing you, breaking bread with you and thinking, I bet you Hardeep is one happy guy, not just as lead, the leader of Power School, but as a dad, as someone who has a vision that goes beyond the horizon of the U.S., Talk about the moment that was captured in that press release, if you will, when you and Rogers were basically sort of inking the the partnership that you have together now. Thanks, Rod, and uh, really appreciate again this opportunity. 
you, you're absolutely right. This has been uh, our power school dream. This has been my dream that we want to really take the full uh, capabilities of how we have transformed K-12 education in North America to be able to really make an impact globally, and especially parts of the world where you really need that impact even more so. Uh, you know, in fact, there's a, a famous words from uh, Dr. Nelson Mandela about education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. And we have always had our eyes on uh, being able to really make impact in, into uh, different continents. Um, we have actually been working uh, with the Roger for the last few months, figuring out how it would be best for us to really able to bring these solutions. And as you know, it's hard. International uh, expansions are hard, but at the same time, with the right partnerships, with the right uh, deep embedded relationships that we can actually go and bring these solutions to the local markets with local support allows us to really make uh, the global uh, solutions more easily available to all the schools in, in African continent. So we're very excited about this partnership and really looking forward to uh, start making an immediate impact this year. Hardeep, let's let's go specifically to the impact the pandemic had in digital transformation when we think about sort of what was done, what was experienced, and what the results were here in the U.S. and how that impacted maybe the timing um, of this partnership when you think about sort of what what you you and Power School learned and then the application to then take that to the African continent. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, even if you think about before pandemic, there have been strong tailwinds about digital transformation in education. I think uh, anybody who's an educator or even a parent who has to uh, deal with uh, their kids' education know that uh, there's a lot of room for improvements in terms of really adopting technology into the classrooms, adopting technology to help support the child and, and engage them better, support the educators, and as well as improve the entire school operations to be, make them more efficient and connected, bring them to the modern world. And that uh, problem exists globally. Uh, but, you know, we definitely saw during pandemic, uh, everybody had to scramble. Uh, and uh, be able to really leverage whatever tools and technologies they were able to do. But when you look at even in North America, uh, even due, with all the effort, there were significant amount of learning loss. And that was in weeks, and there's a lot of data studies which uh, show you that. But now you take that to the rest of the world, where some of these technology tools were not as easy accessible, um, and some of the learning loss was not a matter of weeks. It was actually months and even almost a year. Uh, and that's significant. That's like losing uh, one year, uh, you know, months of education or one year of a child's life uh, has a significant long-term implications on their uh, learning abilities, as well as being able to really have, uh, a, you know, impact their engagement and morale as well. So we really are seeing uh, post-pandemic a growing recognition across the globe that the education investments, especially around enabling continuity of learning, has to be on the forefront for most of the countries, as well as uh, not just private schools, and but even public schools and the broader infrastructure. So that demand has definitely accelerated over the last uh, two years. And we're seeing that uh, across the board and that recognition uh, we are absolutely seeing in Middle East, we're seeing in India, we are seeing in Asia, and we are also seeing in the Latin American and African continents as well. 
Before I bring Rogers into the discussion, can you briefly, Hardeep, just talk about how did you just, did you find Rogers uh, or did he find you? And then also what countries are you looking to expand within the African continent? So it's a great, great question. And, you know, we're really fortunate to uh, have the benefit that Roger actually has been helping other uh, technology companies within our uh, uh, with our sister companies uh, by, uh, you know, supporting through some of the Vista companies like TIPCO. Um, so he comes with very high recommendation. And not only technology companies, in fact, uh, you know, we had the benefit of Roger already been working in uh, different education institutes, especially on the higher education side. So somebody who's uh, very strong technology-wise, as well as somebody who's very already embedded into the education infrastructure, it was a perfect combination. So I got a chance to spend some time with Roger uh, in the uh, Middle East while uh, we were, uh, you know, as you know, we have been expanding our uh, presence there significantly and uh, really laid the foundation for how us, for, for us to really uh, build that relationship to the next level. So Rogers, thank you for your patience here. I wanted to get some background there from from Hardeep in sort of what Power School is seeing and how they're taking lessons learned in the US, obviously post pandemic. Look, I it's even hard for those. I mean, you can't see my face, but I just I have such a love for the continent in the time that I've spent because I've really seen I've, I've gone behind the scenes. I've been within the communities to include refugee camps and capital cities. And there are lots of different both challenges and opportunities when we think about education throughout the continent, can you sort of educate the audience on some of the elements that we may or may not take for granted in parts of the world where we may not have similar challenges to sub-Saharan Africa? Uh, Rod, thank you so much. Actually, I think first, let me just say it's, it's an absolute pleasure to to be here with you uh, today with, with Hadeep as well. Um, look, I'm an African child, uh, born and bred in the continent, and the challenges that you've experienced are challenges that... Uh, that, that I know very well. Um, it's a beautiful continent, a continent um, that has got quite a you know young age or young population as it's it's very well known. Um, great resources that exist within the continent, yet we we do have um, you know inherent issues or challenges uh, that exist within the continent. Um, you know, a basic um, thing that somebody might take for granted is uh, from an education perspective, it's just the luxury of having a, a classroom, uh, just a four wall classroom with uh, chairs and a desk. Um, that's a luxury um, that some parts of the continent uh, do not necessarily have. Um, I always share the story that I walked into a ministry office, I met with a specific minister of education uh, in a country, I won't specify which, but, um, and as I walked in, I saw a picture, a beautiful picture, I thought it was a painting actually, of kids um, that were sitting under a classroom, and I, and then I said, wow, that look, that reminds me of the days when we used to, um, uh, you know, have classes under a classroom, and under a tree rather. And and the the the, the person that was uh, accompanying me to the minister's office said, no, no, that's actually an existing class at the moment in a specific uh, a specific area of the continent. And I was taken aback. Um, you know, so so these are some of the challenges that we still have today. We, you know, basic issue of um, connectivity. Look, devices are quite perverse. They're quite uh, the penetration of devices of uh, smart uh, devices. It's quite across the continent. Um, you'll find them everywhere. But uh, data, uh, basic issue of data, uh, which others may take for granted. That is Wi-Fi everywhere you go. Unfortunately, those are still challenges that exist uh, within the continent. The quality of teachers, um, you know, we 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 talk about you know 
you know, how we, we need to be bringing in tech, how we need to be using tech. And yet we still have teachers that, you know, are not necessarily at the level uh, that they need to be, not because they are incapable, uh, but because of, uh, you know, lack of digital training that, that still needs to happen. And as the world is moving into, into the digital space, we still have teachers or educators that are unfortunately, you know, left behind that still need to be um, taken along. Um, you know, if you think of a student or if you think of your typical student, you know, you know, they, they you give them a device today, they will figure themselves around the device. And yet, you know, you may find a teacher has been uh, teaching for 30 years and utilizing a, a chalkboard, uh, you know, that's the way in which they're teaching. And, and all of a sudden we're asking these teachers to, to, to be digital savvy, uh, you know, and still yet be a very good teacher. So these are some of the challenges that exist. There are some um, socioeconomic um, uh, challenges that exist within the continent. And, and it's quite important that those are understood um, for us to then be able to, to come up with the right solutions uh, from a tech perspective. We really need to understand those socioeconomic challenges that exist within the continent. And I think, um, you know, in your travels to Uganda, in your travels to the Senegal, you would have noticed if you've gone into into the into the into the into those countries, you would have noticed some of the you know challenges that exist that are quite you know on your face um, within the continent. Yeah, you can't um, you can't uh, miss them. I mean, that's what's fascinating about it. I mean, this is I I'd like to think of it from a, an opportunity perspective, but I do think when we talk about educating the world in general, just about different places that we want to go in and sort of build opportunity. You know, you're going to places where there are cultural differences, where it may be that the eldest child is the one that has been chosen to be educated and or that needs to stay in the village and work. And or we talk about insecurity of food and water, but power, right, for those that have been to the continent, depending upon where you are, very, you know, you'll have experiences where you can be somewhere in public and the power just regularly goes out. Yeah. Well, there are implications to that when we're talking about a relationship to technology. Uh, Hardeep, I'm going to pull you in here in just a second. I want to share a quick story. And I know that this is maybe on the extreme end of it, but I had experiences in both of those countries where there were young people, teenagers that had never seen a computer before in their life, right? They had never, even just talking about email was, of course, you know, this was like talking about another planet. And to what a, what a powerful experience to have them look at my laptop that I had and sort of walk them through and just, they just wanted to see, you know what they wanted to see, Rogers? They wanted to see images of the world. Like of all things, I thought it was just, I don't know why it didn't come to my mind, but that was so powerful that in two different countries, I had all these different kids that were, they just wanted to see what the rest of the world looked like. Like that to me is, if that's not education, I don't know what is. Yeah. Hardy, yeah. talk a little bit about the discussions and how you turn challenges into opportunities when you have sort of the muscle of, and I'll say that the muscle of a power school that has obviously been around and been incredibly successful, not just in one country or on one continent, but across the globe. How do you take those challenges and flip them into opportunities when we're talking about delivering and supporting education? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Rod, the, uh, first to this, the point you made about it, you know, to me, education is the biggest equalizer, right? That's what can bring all the different aspects, uh, you know, uh, on a more equal basis. And you guys are absolutely right. It's not just a matter of technology tools. But it's a matter of actual access. It's a matter of making sure that culturally we can, uh, you know, get that recognition. And a lot of what we do in terms of, uh, to your point about from a solutions, is that we're powering the, the ministries. We're powering the, the teachers 
and then powering the classrooms. And some of our rollouts of our solutions that really help to the ministry to understand where are the equity issues, where are the access issues, and then also to be able to work with the different teachers in terms of empowerment and training of the teachers before even getting the devices in front of a student classroom, we can already make an impact in terms of making sure that we are able to recruit teachers and give them the tools and the curriculums and the content that they need to make sure that they can, even with their current infrastructure, whether they're teaching under a tree or they're teaching uh, in, in different forums, they can still have the benefit of having all the different tools in their hands that will help them be more effective even in a teaching in a non-online uh, manner. But then absolutely, I think one of the beauties of us of this partnership with Roger is that they're a full turnkey technology provider. So they also can bring in the different technology aspects of access and laptops and devices and being able to really partner with us to bring the solutions into the classrooms into different forms. It reminds me a couple of years back uh, when we had uh, done some work in Haiti with a couple of partners like Apple, like Jamf, where we were able to put entire classroom in one shipping container, having its own satellite and solar access and allowing kids to come in and get additional training in, uh, you, in that uh, whole environment. Doesn't matter where you put that part. And that's a kind of creative solutions that we can bring in together, also bringing in other private and public partnerships to kind of really support this initiative at a, at a really a, at a massive scale. Help me understand, uh, Hardeep, the sort of the onboarding. And I know it's not a one size fits all and every country and area is going to be probably a little bit different. Um, but how should we understand the onboarding? And that may not be the, even the right term to use. And how will you then, you and Rogers collectively evaluate success along the way. And the one caveat to this is, I think we do take for granted maybe in the West or in the US where we just slot a 10 year old might be a fifth grader. And we've got sort of these, you know, we have these categories, it's very easy and neat to put things on shelves here in the US Rogers. And, but I ran into so many that were either, let's say in their mid twenties, but they still had a desire to learn because they missed windows of opportunity. And also those younger students that might be either behind or ahead, depending upon an opportunity they previously had that had elevated their knowledge base. So help me understand the role time, because I do think time is significant in this. Uh, if we could have time as a, a, a representative on the podcast, we would. right? Um, but help me understand, Hardeep, the way in which you look at time, onboarding, and then the evaluation of the, of the partner program. Headroom is produced by Old Soul, a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance. Reach out to my guy Matt at Old Soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy. That's Old Soul. Shoot Matt a note at aoldsoul.com. That's A-O-L-D-S-O-U-L.com. And now back to our guest. One thing I'll tell you, Rod, is that this was even an eye-opener for me during uh, pandemic that even when you look at U.S., we might think uh, U.S. is very, uh, you know, have access to variable, but you'd be surprised. 25% of the kids did not have access to devices or internet to be able to really have continuity of learning. Uh, there was a lot of significant investment and effort put in to drive that. We are uh, we recently announced that Puerto Rico selected us to really now transform even like a Puerto Rico territory, which has huge challenges because of all the different uh, impacts from the different hurricanes, a huge amount of connectivity and continuity uh, uh, problems with the, the learning. We saw that in country of Uruguay, where they're using our platform to really 
uh, you know, uh, almost uh, provide continuous learning to 800,000 students across the, the entire country with all remote accesses uh, in, in different levels. So we have faced these challenges. We have been working on how to really, uh, you know, even enable the benefit of the, uh, these solutions, whether it's in terms of making sure that we have the right content and training for the teachers so that they know how most effectively to deal with the different engagement issues and learning achievement gaps, as well as social emotional support, as well as taking it all the way to different levels of the schools. Now, this is an important uh, part, which a lot of countries are almost in a, in, a, in a bind where, hey, if I can really make it accessible to every child, then I should not be making this investment. And I think that's a wrong attitude because at that point, you know, if you can't tackle the whole problem, you don't want to kind of do anything, that's not going to work. I think what we are working with a lot of countries is that let's start initiating these initiatives on, on your urban districts and your private schools and your uh, well-supported schools. Get the engagement going, see the benefit of it, see the value of it, and then now be able to get the backing from public and private partnerships to kind of really now address the harder aspects of the access and see if we can really bring the resources and support from the banks, from the nonprofits, from private companies who have interest in those areas to really support the technology push into those regions. But we need those proof points in these countries. So our first work with Roger is really working with the ministries, but also working with uh, cities in, where in the infrastructure is already available and get our solutions embedded in there, start seeing the value, and then being able to use those proof points to really make a more broader impact in those communities. So my interpretation, Rogers, to what Hardeep is talking about, which I think is incredibly valuable, is understanding sort of having a cultural awareness, right, to the the daily interactions, the the practices of communities, uh, to include policy as well. Can you speak to that? Because I, I think that, I mean, we've looked, there are countless examples throughout history where you sort of you have a solution and you drop it into a different environment and then you say, well, why didn't it work? And it's like, well, there's so much more than whatever that solution was, which is context. And so can you speak to just the the discussion maybe that has to happen and on a local level to where we don't just assume that everybody is going to want to open up the proverbial box and say, oh, this is an incredible gift. <laughs> let's let's okay. integrate this in because we that's assuming that they understand the value of even what they're seeing. Talk a little bit about those conversations. And I don't want to say software adoption, but you kind of understand where I'm going, this sort of cultural yeah. adoption and understanding of what the opportunity is. Yeah, actually, I, I would even just take a little step back and, and say, you know, as much as I spoke about what the challenges that exist in the continent, uh, it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that that is important to lay the context in that we do have leaders in the continent that are quite progressive in their thinking, um, that are willing to accept solutions like this, that they're able to um, you know, want the help that is available. We don't have to recreate um, uh, things that are already existing around the globe. So Power School, for example, they are a leader in this space. Uh, we don't have to recreate that. However, the deployment or how Power School is integrated or it's implemented within the continent, it's important that it's done within the context um, of the challenges and 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 within within the continent. And I think that's where the value um, that that One Connect is going to be bringing in into this partnership. It's not that we are only you know with technologies, we understand education, but we also understand. Um, uh, the context at which um, uh, these these solutions needs to be uh, implemented, and that's very important. You know, the, the, there are things that are 
you know, a cultural misfit uh, that you may think, oh, come on, man, that uh, for us in the US, that's fine. It's okay. What's your problem? <laughs> and then you find that it's an absolute no-no um, in a in a in a specific country within the continent, even within the continent itself. It's not necessarily, you know, Africa is not just a country, it's made up of multiple countries, and they they are different um, you know. Uh, uh, contexts that we need to be even taking a, a, a account of. I mean, you've got the Francophone, you've got the Anglophone, and you need to be quite aware of that. You need to be quite understanding of, you know, what what works and and what doesn't work. But I'm I'm very um, you know uh, pleased and and encouraged by the fact that uh, you know we've got leaders in the continent that have identified those challenges that we have. They are aware of the challenges that we have within the continent. And they're very much keen and happy, um, you know, to be to be assisted. I've seen this in our engagements um, with multiple uh, countries, with multiple ministries, with multiple institutions of teaching and learning. The way they are absolutely, uh, you know, willing and they are open as well, and they're very understanding that look, we're living in a world where it's no longer about um, you know teaching a child that needs to compete in a specific village. It's about teaching a child that needs to compete in the global village. It's no longer about, you know, this little sport, you know, when I, when I was learning it, about competing with the kids on my street as to who gets the best grades. Now, now it's about, you know, a global village in itself. So there's that understanding. Um, it's not just a, a sense of, uh, you know, there's just doom and gloom and there's no understanding uh, in terms of what needs to be done. So that's really encouraging. And I think the partnership and our, our understanding of those challenges and the link, um, I think that's what's going to help uh, in bridging that divide between the context between, of the U.S., um, and what happens within the continent of Africa. Uh, what a beautiful description. Uh, I could not agree more. The the optimism and the really powerful voices on the continent when it comes to being pro progressive in education. Hardeep, so a, a question for you. So when I was there um, and collaborating with you in power school uh, in Uganda, it was fascinating for me to see. And I think Sometimes we do need to slow down to be able to speed up, right? And sometimes, you know, the old adage of stop and smell the roses. It was so powerful for me on a daily basis to see kids because I was when I was in Uganda, school just started. Right. And so to see kids walking down the street with one textbook in their hand, holding it as if it was their life. Right. And excited to show you when you stopped and spent time with them. You know, we're in this sort of abundance of resources where, you know, you know, kids have as much as they want and some, and but to see, to stop and slow down and say, wow, the power of that one piece of curriculum and what that means, I think is really powerful when we think about kind of what we're valuing and what we're not. Do you see that there's going to be some secondary benefit? That's a long way of saying, do you think there's going to be some secondary benefit to other countries that PowerSchool collaborates with in lessons learned in partnerships with the Rogers of the world to have the understanding of, yes, we have all of these different things that we can offer, but boy, we're really finding that these, you know, this one set has been incredibly valuable and that we glean some information that allows us to then improve moving forward. And it's, it's a great point. And, um, I think, uh, you know, uh, some of us who also who've had the exposure and, the, you know, I grew up in India and, you know, when you, uh, to your point about the, the, in terms of the resources available, right, we, we have a huge amount of advantage, but what we also see is uh, whether I'm traveling to Asia, whether I'm traveling to Middle East or I'm traveling to Africa, I do see the passion with the educators 
who are actually making that education happen doesn't matter with whatever the resources you find. They're take, taking that one book access to them and making full use of it and creating the, the next generation and empowering them. That it is truly, to Roger's point, that kid, it doesn't matter which part of the world, is ready to compete with anywhere else in the world. And I think uh, it has actually, during the pandemic, where I think there's also more realization that education challenges and education opportunities are equally available. And there's probably a common thread that we can really leverage across the globe, that there's no reason why some of this work we are doing in a, in a in a Puerto Rico territory or Uruguay or in Thailand cannot be replicated in in uh, in, in Africa. And um, we, you know, we have schools uh, in Philippines, few hundred thousand students in Philippines with different parts who are leveraging our technology and with the partnerships, with the local partnerships, like what we're doing with Roger, have built the curriculum, that local curriculum into our tool and make that now suddenly easily accessible. Um, and the power is uh, the tools like what we provide is that it's not just the, uh, the you know, the, we, we kind of get afraid about the technology cost and how would that access. The benefit of it is really what it does, it, it helps you make that more easily accessible to everybody. Every, quite a lot of people have phones. Quite a lot of people have uh, a different, you know, at least some level of uh, access to uh, to uh, the technology at the school level or in the class level. Even with that, we can actually now start bringing all the power of all the, the same curriculum content and open education resources that can now be benefit a child within Africa in that classroom. And that's what we are able to bring the same level of curriculum and content and that access and those tools and tips to a child in Africa that's available to any kid in, in the U.S. And that's the power of our platform is that we are bringing not just the technology, we're bringing in the full turnkey solutions around with our content uh, navigation, which we've launched, which has 4 million open education resources. We can kind of make that easily now able to, without having a huge amount of curriculum costs uh, for, for these countries. Rogers, in 10 years, when I am sitting with you at a coffee shop in mm -hmm. South Africa, and I ask you to reflect on the previous 10 years, talk about the sense of pride that this is my hunch, just even through our Zoom here, I get a, I'm getting a good beat on you. Uh, talk a little bit about the sense of pride that I think you'll have in playing, and I, I find you to be a very humble individual, even just a small part in the transformation, not just of South Africa, but the continent. Yeah, let, let, I would, let me take, where am I now? What's my vision now so that I can be able to measure it back for forward 10 years? Um, I, I envisage, um, you know, using technology um, to to bridge the divide that exists between those that have and those that do not have, so that each and every child within the continent can have access to good quality education, independent of their geography within the continent and independent of their financial standing within the continent. I talk about democratization of education, meaning I want it to be a basic right, which it is, that is defined by UN as a basic right. And as such, each child needs to be able to have access to that good quality education that's gonna make them compete across the world. In 10 years time, I wanna be able to look back and be able to see exactly that. I wanna be able to see a kid in a village in Kenya um, versus a kid in Sentin, South Africa, 
um, having exactly the same equal opportunities uh, in terms of their employability, in terms of their entrepreneurial skills, in terms of them being able to make a change in the continent and be able to make a change in the world because of the education that they've uh, been able to get. Like Hadid indicated, he quoted Nelson Mandela, I grew up learning that education is the key to success. The only way that we can be able to and the poverty cycle that exists within the continent. It's by educating our population, it's by getting sure that our youth, our young ones are educated, that they can be able to compete in this very otherwise challenging uh, global society. For me, that would be a very exciting and a very humbling um, you know, uh, review, sitting back and seeing um, you know, even at a small scale, if we can be able to to do that, even at a small scale, would have done great within the continent. I, I'm I'm very I'm very hopeful, and I really I get excited quite a lot in terms of uh, you know as a technologist what we can utilize with technology, but at the same time as somebody who's quite fond um, of education in terms of what it is that we can able to do um, with education to 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 bridge this divide that exists. For me, that's exciting. Rogers, for the listener, can you describe the image uh, and what is what is on the image in the the picture behind you? I've got a it's, it's, yeah, dream big and laugh out loud. <laughs> dream um, big and laugh out loud, yeah. Dream big and laugh out loud. You know, sometimes um, our challenges, um, you know, may stop us from dreaming. You know, if I if I if I live in a, a block of shacks, all what I'm surrounded by is shacks. That's all I see. I do not know how Manhattan looks like. Uh, for somebody who lives in Manhattan, you know, that's their base, right? That's their, you know, you can imagine what it is that they can dream. But for somebody that is a little contained in a, in a small space, they may not have the ability to, to, to dream. But one thing that I know we have as well in the continent is the ability to be happy within our, our circumstances. So that picture saying, let's dream independent of what our circumstances is or are, and then still continue to be happy and let's laugh out at our challenges and laugh out at whatever comes our way. I really appreciate you sharing that because I that has been my experience absolutely with uh, incredible, incredible people. Hardeep, let's close with this. So the easy question would be for me to ask you sort of what, what's the vision moving forward? But I want to take a different direction, if you don't mind, which is to say, I think that we live in a world of, of entrepreneurialism, um, sort of regardless of where we are on the map, right? So people are dreaming to Roger's point and thinking, I have a good idea. Uh, and many start to then think, well, maybe this idea could migrate, but there's very few that not only can sort of set a course, but activate that course. And Power School has done that. And I don't want to take for granted or underscore, you know, to be in so many different countries making the kind of impact and significant steps forward. I mean, we're talking, I mean, you and I sat down, it's almost been a year now um, where we, you know, we, we sat down, I believe it was in San Diego. And to think about the growth, even just in like 10 months in, in your plan and some of the things that you shared with me, it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm wondering about the confidence, not just that you've experienced in yourself, but the confidence in the organization. Because to me, this is an organizational component, right? This is the, the Robert Speeds of the world, right? And the Tim Russells and the entire team that I've gotten now to sort of quickly get to know. Uh, in our collaboration in Uganda, talk about the confidence of the organization to put your foot forward and to not only take a risk, but to do it with confidence so that we can see the smiles and the engagement with the Rogers of the world. Yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I just look back and, uh, you know, uh, really look at what we accomplish 
over the last uh, many years, almost seven years since we've been independent. Uh, and it's it's been remarkable in terms of the impact we've had. And to your point, I just, the organization I have a fortune to really lead is that passion runs pretty deep in every person in terms of that they're not just satisfied with, hey, we are happy to do that one area and one one region. They really are driven by the passion, the vision, which you guys articulated about, hey, we want to be able to transform education for every child globally. And we know that's a big task. It's not an easy thing, but the only way we can get there is that really continue to build the scale and the resources that we can really uh, you know, uh, impact to to that level, and uh, there has been a phenomenal amount of entrepreneurship and uh, you know uh, innovation in education. But one of the biggest challenges in education, especially in K twelve, has been is that the scaling that to a even at a national level has been difficult because most of the education perceptions are are generally that it's very different for each region. And I think we are in the fortunate time that that barrier is off. We truly education now, any technology, any curriculum, any content, any resources, any strategies we're putting in, they're very much application, whether I'm talking to a LA Unified or I'm talking to Puerto Rico or whether I'm talking to a country in Africa, we have the same opportunity. We have the same uh, ability to make that impact. And a lot of the pieces what we have built we have already proven that we can take that to any part of the world and make an impact. And I'm really excited about this, uh, you know, our initiative and partnership with Roger, because I truly believe within the year, we can actually come back and showcase you half a million students who are going to be benefiting. And that's a level of scale we can quickly make an impact. And that's what gets me very excited. And again, thanks to my organization, they're really driven and uh, and uh, marching full, full seam ahead. And I, I'm very confident that we would be able to even cross that milestone. Well, I hope that I have done um, due ju- my due diligence here in in sharing what's going on in Africa with obviously what you're doing, Hardy Power School, One Connect, and, and Rogers. Um, you know, this show is called Headroom, and when I came up with the concept of Headroom, it was really sort of that space that you have to dream, and how big is that that space? Whether you get into a car or an airplane. But I encourage people if you get a chance, vacation, volunteer, whatever it is you can do get to the the continent of Africa. It is absolutely incredible. Um, it's inspiring and it's rejuvenating to one's, I think, spirit and identity in the way in which we can support one another and learn from one another. I have some very dear friends there and I hope many more. Rogers, I'd like to add you to that list. Um, what a fantastic partnership. It's going to be great to check out the Power Partner Program to see, obviously, Hardeep, how you guys continue to grow and expand and to see the results, Rogers, and what you're able to implement in the partnership. We want to thank Hardeep Gulati. He's the CEO of Power School and Rogers Sidhole. He is the chairman and education managing director of the African-based company One Connect. I am your host, Dr. Rod Berger. Thanks for taking the plunge into Headroom where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom.